And welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. My name is Captain Eric, and we are covering all of the Nickelodeon shows that either started or ended between the times of October 3rd and October 9th. We are in the month of October, my favorite month. And this is uh, this is going to be the no-edit show of my life. Um, this is just... Uh, I do a lot of editing for the, the Squarecast. And This Week in Nickelodeon History has been fluctuating in the amount of editing work I, I've been putting into it. Of course, there was different eras of this week in Nickelodeon history. There was the beginning when it was a segment, a part of the square cast. And then when it branched off, it, it yeah, there was a lot of effort with the theme songs. But then I was just running into issues where those theme song bits would just get flagged by YouTube as a podcast that works. And then it just was becoming a mess. So um, eventually, once we hit episode 52, this kind of iteration of This Week in Nickelodeon History will kind of come to a close, and I will rest the show until I figure out a new format, because I do want to find something where we can have a weekly show celebrating Nickelodeon's history while also going over news and whatnot and, and make it more of an entertainment deal. And, and I think the first step of that, really is just making myself happy with it. So the less amount of editing I have to do maybe um, you know helps you out on your end. I have no idea, but this is... Think of this as uh, Captain Eric sitting down in a big comfy chair uh, with with a book of all the information we're going to go over. There's a, there's a fireplace to the, to the left, although in this case it's an air conditioner. It's not on, which... You know, all right. So picture a fireplace there, and that we we're just talking Nickelodeon stuff. That's it. Um, but we're starting with uh, this week in Nickelodeon history. A year ago, on October 9th, two thousand twenty, Santiago of the Seas premiered on Nick Jr. Created by Nikki Lopez, Leslie Valdez, and Valerie Walsh Valdez, the show ran for one season of eighteen episodes and is still going on to this day. And uh, to to more. More sea adventures out there for fellow pirates. I, I love I love seeing more pirates out there. John Leguizamo apparently plays the villain, Sir Butterscotch. Uh, that <laughs> John Leguizamo, Luigi from the Super Mario Brothers movie. I absolutely he's like he's one of my favorite character actors. I love John. Uh, it, that's wonderful that, that they were able to get him for this show. I have not seen anything about it, but it's a pirate show. I wish them the absolute best. Um, let's move on to uh, three years ago. On October 4th, 2018, I Am Frankie finished its run on Nickelodeon. Uh, based on the book Yo Soy Frankie by Marcella Ceterio. The show ran for two seasons of 40 episodes. Yeah, there's no editing. So if I get any names completely right, that's all on me. I There's I, there's very little. I do research, and maybe I remember when I look up pronunciations from the past. I think I've covered that, uh, that pronunciation before, but um, 
let's continue on here. Let's move on. What do we got? Four years ago, on October 9th, 2017, Escape from Mr. Le- <laughs> Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library. It's a movie. Premiered on Nickelodeon. Uh, it is apparently based on the book Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grattenstein. Um, and was anybody from Nickelodeon starring in this? Uh, doesn't look like it. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I As I was going through the Nickelodeon films, I, I realized there was a severe lack of Halloween-based movies. I know that every Nickelodeon show has a Halloween special. Now, that's one thing, but where where are these long-form movies? Like I feel like that would be a knockout of the park. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, maybe that's something with me. I saw more Christmas movies in the list of the Nickelodeon films than I did Halloween, so that that's all I'm saying, is Halloween is a lot cooler than Christmas. And why does everybody want to spend 90 minutes with a Christmas movie? There's like a million of them. And yeah, there's a lot of horror movies, but just because it's a horror movie doesn't mean it has anything to do with Halloween. So, you know, how many how many long form Halloween movies can you think of? There's like a really good, solid handful of them. And but for Christmas, you you know, especially with the Hallmark Channel, you, like you can throw a stone out your window and hit a Christmas TV movie. There's too many of them. Knock it off. No more. And as I'm saying this, there's a Loud House TV movie coming out based all around Christmas. So. Have at that what you will. Uh, Let's see. What is next on the list? Six years ago, on October 5th, 2015, Wits Academy premiered on Nickelodeon, created by Mariella Romero and Katharina Lebedois. And I I said that wrong, so... Uh, but I, I probably said it, I said it pretty cool anyway, so uh, let's just roll with it. Uh, It ran for one season of 20 episodes. Seven years ago, on October 6th, 2014, Max and Shred premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Josh Greenbaum and Ben McMillan, the show ran for two seasons of 34 episodes. Uh, Never saw the show. My extreme sports Nickelodeon has been covered by the Rockets over in Ocean Shores, so um, I don't know if the live-action one needs needs to happen. I don't know. I feel like with a cartoon, you know, the Rockets were I'm not going to go on a rocket power tangent right now. We'll we'll save that for the rocket power uh, episode whenever that comes up again. But, yeah, they were just incredible at everything. Uh, but next, we're having a Nick at Night original show. Can you believe that? Uh, we don't get too many of these, so we have to savor the moments that they happen. Nine years ago, on October 6th, 2012, See Dad Run premiered on Nick at Night, created by Tina Albanese and Patrick Labrado is is Patrick Labrado uh, is that the same Patrick Labrado from Little House on the Prairie it is <laughs> all right um yeah Patrick Labrado the uh the actor from Little House on the Prairie and Jag uh apparently created see dad run on Nick at night yeah see this is like this is pretty interesting stuff uh, one interesting thing, Patrick Labrado was in a episode of iCarly, uh, as the character of Wilson from the episode, I find Lubert's lost love. 
check that out. But yeah, interesting little tidbit there. But the show ran for three seasons and 51 episodes. Uh, look, we do not get that many Nick at Night originals like this. And hey, three seasons and 51 episodes is a respectable amount of episodes for a sitcom. I, I, like, I, I applaud that. A, a lot of people watch Nick at Night for that classic sitcom nostalgia. So anytime something original comes around, some people kind of flock away from that. And I'm like, no, like you should. That's they're trying to give you that same feeling, just a, a new feeling, something new you can watch. I don't know. Enjoy it. Eleven years ago, on October eighth, two thousand ten, Gigantic premiered on Teen Nick, created by Ben and Debbie Wolfenson. The show ran for one season of 18 episodes. Uh, it was apparently a drama series uh, of some sort about a 17-year-old um, uh, girl and her younger brother. I'm not going to go beyond that. Uh, <laughs> 13 years ago, on October 4th, 2008, Making Fiends premiered on Nicktoons Network, created by Amy Winfrey. The show ran for one season and six episodes. Now, this is an interesting show to quickly bring up. Uh, Making Fiends was actually a internet show, an incredibly early YouTube show with its first episode debuting all the way back on July 14th, 2003. Uh, Making Fiends ran for three seasons and 24 episodes online, ending on April 1st, 2015. Certainly an early attempt at taking a popular web series and, and giving it the television go. Um, we've, we've seen this done time and time again. Uh, just because something is popular online and finds an audience, there's, not, there's some crossover between those who watch YouTube and watch television. But, um, I, I mean, come on, those are, those are two completely different things. And uh, I, I wish they would use money in a, in a better way when it comes to these kind of pick and choose type deals. But this was very early on and, and kudos for Nicktoons network for, for trying something and to, to, um, to put something new out there. Cause you know, you're never going to know unless you try and, uh, kudos to Amy Winfrey for being able to take an idea, put it out there for free on YouTube. And then bam, eventually here comes Nickelodeon wanting to make a television version about that. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. 19 years ago, on October 6th, 2002, Nickelodeon Robot Wars finished its run. Uh, of only six episodes, the show based off of Robot Wars by Tom Gutteridge and Stephen Carsey, a super popular television show, which uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, just go watch any one of its various iterations on television. You can't get... You can't get more exciting than than homemade robots coming in to do battle. I mean, what more could you people want? Come on now. Um, so, yeah, Nickelodeon had at it. Uh, I believe kids were behind all of the robots here, or at least were the ones um, uh, controlling them. That's, that's what I'm guessing. Uh, I could be wrong. Let me at least look into this. Uh, do... do uh, I don't see anything about the age of the contestants. Yeah. Oh, this to suit the other audience, a few adjustments and changes were made to the arena and house robots. All flame hazards, including the flame pit, fire jets, and Sergeant Bash's flamethrower were disabled. Sir Killalot was renamed Sir K, a name he was commonly referred to in the official UK Robot Wars magazine. 
The pit release bumper was moved further down the arena wall, closer to the bottom right, CBZ. Don't know what that means, but... I mean, at this point, I've already mentioned Flame Hazards and a character named Sir Killalot. If you're not sold at this point, I don't know what the pit re release bumper is going to do for you. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, check check out check out any version of Robot Wars. I, I wish if Nickelodeon went all in on it, they really had that Nickelodeon edge. You know, like there was green slime and. Maybe the robots were designed after different characters on the show. I mean, th this is a golden idea even for 2021, 2022. Get some of these robot designers, hey, make a Nickelodeon-inspired robot, and we're going to redo Nickelodeon Robot Wars, have an arena designed straight out of Nickelodeon, and, you know, imagine a robot designed after Nigel Thornberry doing battle with a robot designed after My Life as a Teenage Robot, the show. You know, uh, you wouldn't remake Jenny because if you've seen these little robots, they're all, you know, they're all tiny and they have usually one or two attacks on them because the whole goal is to, you know, either kill or uh, or stop the the enemy robot. So sometimes the people will make robots that like f just they're just designed to flip other robots so you could do whatever you want. So just imagine that that'd be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, check out Robot Wars. Shout out. Shout out Robot Wars. 22 years ago, on October 8th, 1999, Animorphs finished its run on Nickelodeon. Ran for two seasons and 26 episodes. Animorphs was created by K.A. Applegate, the uh, author of the book series in which the show is based around. Uh, I remember the covers of those books being really interesting. Um and I, I the obviously the whole point of the show is that there's these group of kids that can turn into animals. If you've ever seen any of the covers of the books, I mean that's what it tells you essentially with its design is that there's kids that can turn to animals. Um, and I do know that they all are telepathically linked, like they can all speak to each other without you know without speaking, uh, mental mental speaking, if you will. That's a it's a pretty interesting power. 25 years ago, on October 7th, 1996, Hey Arnold premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Craig Bartlett, Hey Arnold ran for five seasons of 100 episodes, has two films under its belt, and is one of the most popular Nickelodeon shows of all time. And, and in my opinion, is not only one of the greatest Nickelodeon shows of all time, but it is one of the greatest animated shows of all time. I would even say one of the greatest television shows of all time. Hey Arnold uh, it really means the world to me. Uh, in a way, I, I'm such, I know I'm a, a big SpongeBob fan and, and a lot of people know me for that, but if there was one show I could point to beyond SpongeBob that uh, really connects with me on many levels, it's that of Hey Arnold. To me, it's a gold standard that I, I kind of look to when any other show tries its hand at the slice of life style of, of show. Um, to, a lot of these shows really look at Peanuts as an inspiration or a lot of, you know, there was a huge strand of time where a lot of these slice of life shows, you would listen to the creators and they would mention that Peanuts were, were kind of an inspiration because that itself was like the perfect slice of life style uh, a comic strip and show just the life of Charlie Brown moving on from from uh, situation to situation and the various people who he interacts with. 
now, f- for as popular and powerful as the Peanuts are, to me, Hey Arnold took that football and ran with it. Um, it was able to perfectly, in my opinion, capture a level of life and a, a, a level of our culture that not only Peanuts were unable to capture, but in my opinion, no other animated show since then has been able to perfectly capture. I mean, have you ever really sat back and and thought, and this will always deserve a deeper conversation that I would love to have down the road, but have you ever just sat back and thought that over its time on Nickelodeon, 100 episodes, five seasons, the amount of different characters from different backgrounds, of different races, of different um, categories were touched upon. And, and all of those characters were all uniquely cared about. They were given time and time again to grow, um, whether or not it was a new story about them or you were learning learning a new facet of their past. There, It was just, anytime I rewatch that show, it's always amazing on how perfectly balanced this world is. Um, it's it's a little bit akin to The Simpsons, in a way, in which they're able to, to have such a massive cast of characters. And yes, they've been on for so long, but hey, in only five seasons, they were able to get that many characters over on Hey Arnold? And, and look how long it's taken The Simpsons, you know, to get even double or triple that many characters. But... I hope you understand what I'm trying to say is that it's just an imp- impressive piece of animation and and beyond its years in how it was handling situations, how to, uh, you know, present these these ideas to kids because they knew they were speaking into an audience that was made up of so many various different backgrounds, of so many various different areas of the country and, and ultimately the world. So, man, that show for how deep it is, for how earnest it was to its audience. I I think the crowd that grew up with Hey Arnold, who were real fans of that show, um, have to in some way have taken some of their sensibilities of the world from that show. That that show had to have taught you about someone or something. I I just, I wouldn't accept any other answer. There, There had to have been some thing in your life that you understand now or or a person or a group or or a situation that stems from watching Hey Arnold but uh, at least for me I I can come up with several I'm not going to list anything else here but thank you to Craig Bartlett for helping to to guide us through the world of Hey Arnold thank you to Jim Lang for bringing the the musical genre of jazz to an entire generation of children, thank you to all the voice actors and writers of that show that helped to bring those characters to life. Um, I I do believe that with all of those pieces back in place, Hey Arnold could return as a continuous series. The word reboot gets thrown around a lot these days, but they could pick up exactly where they left off and just tell modern stories using those characters as vehicles, as they did back in 1995, 1996, and it would still be just as powerful 35 years later. Not a doubt in my mind. 
36 years ago, on October 8th, 1994, The Secret World of Alex Mack premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Thomas W. Lynch and Ken Lippman, the show ran for four seasons of 78 episodes. Uh, this was a big show when I was growing up on Nickelodeon. Uh, definitely one of their landmark live-action shows, one that involved a female protagonist with superpowers. I knew at a very uh, early age between Alex Mack and Samus Aran that uh, women were absolutely just as badass as men could be. So, uh, and I look, I, I give credit to Alex Mack here because uh, being that Nickelodeon was kind of put in front of me at a very early age, uh, there weren't many super powered characters other than the cartoon characters of Quail Man, who is also uh, celebrating an anniversary this week of uh, since his premiere. Uh, but Quail Man and Powdered Toast Man, yeah, there were all these like Jack. Well, Quail Man's not jacked, but there were all these superheroes on Nickelodeon that were animated. But then here was Alex Mack, uh, a superhero in her own right, who would just wear, you know, backwards hat and clothing, like jeans and a T-shirt. Nothing crazy, no suit or anything, but uh, she was living life with well, superpowers at her disposal. Uh, it, four seasons, a massive amount of episodes there for the secret world of, world of Alex Mack. One of the big segments of the SNCC lineup, for those that have never heard of that, I always love talking about the SNCC lineup. I wish Nickelodeon would bring back SNCC as a concept. I mean, it's there. It's just you can use that as great branding for any programming you have on Saturday nights. But yeah, Nickelodeon Saturday night, Nickelodeon was known as SNCC, kind of like an early predecessor to how they have Teen Nick. The the shows just aimed at a, a slightly older audience that they imagined would be in, you know, on a Saturday night watching Nickelodeon. But um, I absolutely loved the way they would brand the channel and just make you feel, honestly, as a kid, it made you feel a little cooler watching Nickelodeon at the time. Like, if you were five years old and they, like, all of a sudden all the bumpers and everything made it seem like it was, like, a, a, an adult kid type thing to be watching, but you were really younger. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely watch The Secret World of Alex Mack. It's definitely worth uh, looking into. 35 years ago, on October 6th, 1986, Double Dare first premiered on Nickelodeon. Uh, Double Dare, or it's better known as the greatest Nickelodeon game show of all time, premiered on October 6th, 1986. Uh, that's that's really no joke. I, I don't see any reason to disparage the fact that Double Dare is the greatest Nickelodeon game show. It perfectly encapsulates every bit that you could like about game shows all into one package, all wrapped up in this slimy mess of Nickelodeon goodness. It, it's what helps give Nickelodeon its branding. Nickelodeon and slime go hand in hand with one another. And where do you get the most slime from? Well, you stop over at Double Dare. Now, of course, there are other game shows that have incorporated slime into their their workings, but come on now. This is Double Dare we're talking about. This is the sloppiest game show you can think about. Uh, hosted by Mark Summers, 
uh, one, my probably my personal favorite uh, game show host. I am lucky enough to have met him and actually have a Double Dare NES game signed by him with a green pen. It's just it's one of my prized possessions. Uh, I'll post a picture of it up on on Twitter and Instagram uh, in the oncoming days when I uh, when I actually pull it out of uh, storage in the process of moving stuff. But anyway. Um, yeah, Mark Summers, one of the best game show hosts to to exist, handling the hosting duties here on Double Dare. Um, uh, just one of the better hosts that I can think of on television. Mark has an extensive library, even beyond game shows. Uh, look at all of the work he's done with Food Network. Look at all of the other um, uh, voice work he has done. Mark Summers has a wonderful career, but um, I don't think he has a problem knowing that he will be remembered for Double Dare. What a game show it is. What a voice to have for Double Dare. Um, Double Dare, even beyond its initial and uh, point on television, has evolved over time. Um, some game shows like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are just so you know stagnant and iconic. And stagnant, I know sounds negative, but just kind of you never want to watch those shows and see something different. You're always going to see essentially the same format on those shows. Um, the same can be said for Double Dare, although it evolved over time. Uh, going to from Double Dare to Super Sloppy Double Dare to Family Double Dare to Double Dare 2000, a version of Double Dare that was not hosted by Mark Summers, but was in fact uh, hosted by Jason Harris. Uh, now, Double Dare was eventually rebooted all the way back in 2018, this time being hosted by Liza Koshy, which was a wonderful choice. Uh, she was a massive uh, internet star. Uh, Mark Summers was brought back as basically the MC of Double Dare so that uh, classic fans of the show wouldn't feel so alone without their good old Mark Summers. Uh, shout out to everybody who has ever worked on that show it's it's like it's even watching classic episodes it is a fun show to watch the slopstacle course is an absolute treasure i wish i could go through one i actually went to double dare live twice and applied to be a contestant twice and unfortunately was not picked the first time uh, I went for my birthday, and I thought I was going to be a shoo-in, but uh, I was I was not chosen for that. I was like front row. I was everything. I had a decked out Double Dare shirt. Um, it, I had just met Mark Summers. He knew it was my birthday. I thought I got a. I, I knew I had to put my money where my mouth was. That I, as I always said, if I ever had an opportunity to go through the temple or through the slopstacle course, it would be the greatest moment of my life like as a as like a, I would just turn into an Olympic Olympic athlete in that moment there would be nothing stopping me I would have the mental and physical prowess to wow the masses but I just need the opportunity so I didn't get picked the first time and then the second time I, we were in the nosebleeds and they were free tickets um when they brought the show to Foxwoods uh we were able to 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 get some some tickets there and, uh, yeah, being in the nosebleeds, you're not really going to get picked by Mark to, to come on down. So that that was not not really cool. But the idea of Double Dare Live was really fun, a really fun way to get kids out there who are fans of the new show. But really, the money there is for the classic fans. And if they found a slightly smaller version of that, don't tour for the theaters, but if they found a version that can tour... Uh, in places where you can build a full slop school course and you could have like just an adults only audience and it was an adults only version of Double Dare, Double Dare that could tour, 
you could run that show for years the because everybody would want a shot to run that slopsicle course so every time it'd come around everybody would want to go and try again like that is a guaranteed hit I, I would love that uh I would love that opportunity but uh, unfortunately double dare had ended it's even most current run lasted a year um more than a year lasted till December 20th 2019 and I really don't see it being the last time we watch Double Dare on Nickelodeon. It is a concept that will always work no matter what era this is, no matter what decade this is. It is a classic concept that you could go back to. It's a crowd pleaser. It's what, once again, Nickelodeon is known for. It'll always feel at home on its network. So uh, let, let's uh, let's get more Double Dare out of here. And last on today's episode, 37 years ago, on October 6th, 1984, Out of Control premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Bob Hughes, Out of Control ran for one season of 26 episodes. Looks like it was a sketch comedy series hosted by Dave Coulier. I believe this is where he got his signature uh, catchphrase, uh, cut it out that he used as uh, Uncle Joey, Joey Gladstone on Full House. Um, that's a that's a little funny tidbit there. That's a nice little nice little tidbit to end on. Some uh, some Uncle Joey. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna go too much deeper into Uncle Joey and uh, Mr. Woodchuck or anything like that. But yeah, out of control. Uh, this was definitely before my time. I have no recollection of it, but I always knew about that little little bit with uh with Dave Couillet there uh but yeah that is this week in Nickelodeon history thank you for joining me this week if you are a fan of any of the content I'm putting out uh I, first off I really appreciate it and if there's anything that you could do on your end to help me grow this ship you can join the ready crew at any moment in time please subscribe to our YouTube channel please follow along any of the podcast networks that are hosting our show and I appreciate your time and patience thank you for listening please stay safe and we'll see you next week on the lord of hibernic on the lord of hibernic nick nick on the ricky tiggy low while living number one nickelodeon